Folks, thank you for tuning into Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. We're coming to you today to talk about the Winnipeg Jets at the trade deadline. Uh, obviously, you've probably seen some of the trades, and I think you probably have some thoughts already. But let's be honest, it's a very complicated situation. And I think the Jets maybe made some missteps that I'm not hugely in love with. We'll explore which moves I was really a fan of and which ones need some work on tonight's episode of Locked on Jets coming at you right now. Or Locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, folks, thank you for joining us on tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. It has been uh, a crazier day for Jets fans. I think a lot of us were expecting the Jets to be pretty busy, and in fact, they were. Uh, And like I said at the start of the show, not everything I I felt was what I was expecting or what I was hoping for. I think the Jets tried to take a little bit of a middle-of-the-road approach, and on tonight's show, I kind of want to explore why they might have done this. whether or not the team has really improved, and if the assets that they got back really help this team in the present and in the future. Before we get underway with tonight's episode, though, I just wanted to shout out tonight's super awesome sponsors at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them Locked On sent you. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Odyssey, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Apple, and right now, YouTube. In fact, this episode is the first of the uh, Locked on Jets YouTube content, so thank you so much for checking us out. We're really uh, honored that you would spend your time with us. I'm sure you have a lot of questions about everything that's happened, and honestly, I do too. Uh, I think this was probably... One of these stranger days in Jets history because, you know, we, we understand that the Jets have had a number of, of major trades over the years. And sometimes it's been by choice. Sometimes it hasn't been. The Jets probably had to make some moves this time. It was less about choice and more about necessity, which is not always the worst thing. I think it's OK if you have to make some moves. You have to let some guys go, especially expiring deals. That's not the worst thing in the world, but I think the Jets have kind of found themselves in what I would like to call hockey purgatory, which is it's a state where you're good enough to be a a team that maybe makes the playoffs. But does anyone actually believe you're a true playoff contender? Not so much. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know I've talked about this being the sort of doldrums for most NHL teams, and especially the Jets. They've found themselves here a lot more than I would like. I, I think everything after 2017, 2018, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, the trades that they've done, some of the players that they've brought in as free agents, not exactly moves that I would have made myself. And like, look, I'm not going to pretend that I'm an NHL GM, but I can also tell you at times, if you see something that doesn't make sense, you've got to call a spade a spade. And I think the Jets have occasionally made moves where I've had some serious questions as to the direction of the team after it. So let's take a look at some of the first trades, because I think some of these are very easy and not that crazy to talk about. 
Uh, we'll start off with the really softball stuff first. Uh, one of the biggest first ones you could say, and it's not really that big of a trade, but I, I consider it big personally because it might finally open a roster spot for one of my favorite defensive prospects. But the Jets have actually sent Nathan Beaulieu to Pittsburgh in exchange for a conditional 2022 seventh round pick. Now, this uh, conditional 2022 seventh rounder is kind of a joke, to be honest. Let's be real. You know, the, the Penguins, they have to win three playoff series, and they would also have to have Beaulieu suiting up for about half of those games. Does anyone really think that uh, this is going to actually pan out that particular way for the Jets? I don't know. I think the Penguins are a very good team. I honestly don't really care about the pick, though. I think just having Beaulieu moved on to a contender where he can, you know, ply his trade and be a productive member while the Jets start looking at some of their younger D prospects, for me, this is a huge win. As much as I think the Jets have really tried to embrace this notion of having a good balance of veterancy and young skilled depth, uh, along with some budding young prospects, in practice, the Jets have maybe gotten away from that a bit. I think we've had a lot of veterans, and some of them are more productive than others. Um, Bowie, for me, has unfortunately fallen on, at times, the wrong side of the productivity scale. He does stick up for his teammates. He's a very physical, gritty defender, and I think people love that kind of stuff. But when it came to defensive awareness, his presence on the ice, and the sort of impacts that he had on the PK and stuff like that, unfortunately, he just didn't have the impact, I think, you would hope for from a guy who at one point was actually pretty darn decent for Buffalo. But ever since those days, Bull used, you know, his his on-ice performance has kind of dipped. And so for me, this trade, it clears off some salary. It opens a roster spot. You might get a little bit younger if you call up one of the kids. This is a really good chance for the Jets to see what they have in Vili Heinola. And I know it's not super popular because Heinola doesn't really defend in the traditional sense. Uh, he does a lot of, you know, puck cycling, a lot of rapid zone movement, passing, outlet creation, breakouts. All of that is defense through possession, which is a more modern style and something that's more offensively inclined. Obviously, these are all defensive actions, but in the way that Heinola does it, he almost does it with a mindset towards creating offense up the ice. So, you know, he's not going to be a shot blocker necessarily. He's not that big, gritty, physical guy. But I still think that if you give him a chance to shine, you pair him with somebody like Neil Pionk, I think you're going to have fun. We've already seen glimpses of what Heinola can do. And if Bolu is finally out, this is a big chance for, uh, you know, some of the young guns like um, Heinola or Kovacevic uh, or even Sandberg once he gets healthy to make a really good impact on this team. Um, as far as what the Pens are getting, you know, he's a seventh pairing defender. Bolu is, and I think they're just looking for some injury insurance. You could probably do worse, I guess. Uh, although by some metrics, Bolu was the worst defender in the NHL. Part of that may be a little bit systems-based. Um, and I think Mike Sullivan could probably make even me who doesn't skate look like a second pairing defender bare minimum. He just has this magic touch with players that seems to transcend their skill sets. So maybe Bolu is going to have a really fun time. And hey, maybe he actually walks out with a cup ring. Wouldn't be too bad of a deal, you'd say. I think he would probably be pretty pleased with that. And for the Jets, if they get a pick, Hey, no problem. Everyone's happy. They got exactly what they wanted out of it. If they don't get a pick, no harm, no foul, no big deal. The Jets kind of move on and, you know, they've recruited maybe an asset in terms of cap space and they've opened a roster spot for maybe a younger player to take over. Obviously, though, this wasn't the only move that the Jets made today. There's been <laughs> tons and tons of trades. Some of them, I again, like I've said, are, are better than others. 
And we'll talk about what some of those moves are in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did think you should hear about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we roll into this NHL playoff season. It's that time of year again, and, you know, just like the NHL playoffs are rolling, so too is college basketball's tournament. It's finally upon us, and if you love March Madness, this is your time to shine. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. If you want to stay up to date on the latest and greatest news around all of the leagues, BetOnline really is your number one source. It's not just basketball, though. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Variety is the spice of life, and BetOnline has tons of it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the hottest betting trends and action you can get in on right now. BetOnline is where the game starts. Head on over to BetOnline.net to create your free account right now and get started. Hey, folks, welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. Thank you so much for joining us. We are doing our uh, trade deadline reaction video, so to speak. It's been, like I said, a crazy uh, past few hours for the Jets and for Jets fans. Bit of a roller coaster ride. We were waiting for some major trades to drop. And, well, <laughs> there were some delays. Apparently, at one point, there were 33 trades in the NHL queue, which is kind of nuts if you're being honest. Uh, but as far as the Jets are concerned, like I said, they got rid of Nathan Beaulieu for a seventh rounder that had some pretty stringent conditions. Nothing too exciting, I would say. But of course, some of the bigger moves happen later in the day. And some of these, yeah, a little bit mixed. Uh, before we talk about some of that, though, uh, I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're here, though, I also thought you should hear about one of our other super awesome podcasts. It's called Locked On Now, and it basically takes all of the hottest action from around the NHL and combines it into a really convenient one-stop shop where you can hear expert analysis from all of our local hosts, some of which might even feature my voice and many of our other great folks. Want to know how the Leafs are doing? Check out Locked On Now. It's daily. It features nightly recaps of every NHL game. And again, you get our local experts giving you the greatest insight and analysis you can find. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. Now, talking about the Jets trades, there were some other acquisitions that happened um, and some other departures. One of the larger ones that occurred, and this one's a little bit bittersweet for a lot of us, is Brian Little's contract being moved to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a 2022 fourth round pick. Now, the Yotes didn't actually pay a fourth rounder for Brian Little. As much as they're looking for cap money to get on the books, what they actually got was also Nathan Smith. Um, and if you remember Nate, he was one of those you know college overagers that the Jets kind of took a punt on. I think he was a second or a third round pick. At the time, he was thought to be maybe overdrafted a little bit. This thing with overagers tends to happen where you get a little bit nervous. You look at their production. They're physically more mature than a lot of other peers their age. But with Smith, there was kind of the thought that the technique and skill sets that he had maybe put him a bit above some other prospects. I always had hope that he would sign. I thought he could have been a fun third or fourth line player. Would I expect like top six production? Probably not. So for the Jets to get a fourth round pick for a guy who said he wasn't really signing here for one reason or another, I think the Jets did all right. Um, the Brian Little trade also gives them future cap accrual, which is really important. You want to get space over time because when you have LTIR active, unfortunately, you don't have the ability to get cap space throughout the course of the season. And this will do it for the next two years, which is 
for the Jets, a really big deal. Um, but the unfortunate thing is that Little never really got to finish his Jets career on his own terms. And I feel like that's kind of a tragedy. I, I was always a big fan of his. Um, even though there were times where I felt towards the end of his career, you could see him slowing down. It's still a really big disappointment that he didn't get to finish. I'm a big fan of what he did during his prime. I think the many years of service that he gave the Jets was constantly 100% on every shift. He really fought hard. Uh, there's a saying in soccer that you fight for the badge. Football, for those of you who you know have to be purists about it, but you know Brian Little was a, a fight for the badge kind of guy, and I will miss him a lot. I think Jets fans over the years have kind of come to understand his impact and consistency. And again, you know, even though he did dip towards the end, we just really appreciate what he gave this franchise. And he was one of the founding members of this new Jets uh, lineup that came to be and really was one of the most productive players throughout the entire tenure of his career. So, you know, wishing Brian Little really well. I hope that he comes back one day to, to sign maybe a one-day contract or something and retire. And I think we all would be super happy with that. I think the Jets would love to do that kind of thing, and it'd go over well with the fan base. As far as other acquisitions are concerned, there were some other trades. Um, this one, you know, the, the Jets have mostly been getting in picks and stuff, but this time they actually traded away a pick, and in exchange, they got Mason Appleton back from Seattle. Appleton, if you recall, was one of the guys taken from the Jets by the Kraken in the expansion draft. Um, Appleton was a guy I think that they weren't really happy to lose, they were trying to protect Logan Stanley, which, of course, I had thoughts on, um, mostly that I disagreed with it because I didn't think Stanley was going to be the best available choice. But uh, Appleton is kind of like your Andrew Kopp of a sort. Um, Mason has the the speed, the transition ability. He's got some defensive acumen, a little bit of a finishing talent, not a ton of like high-end scoring ability, but he's been competent ever since he joined the Jets. Um, the, Kraken, see, uh, the Kraken tenure hasn't really gone as according to plan, but I still think he's got some talent. I think he'll be a fine bottom six player for the Jets. And if you really need to throw him into the top six in an emergency, I don't think he would look out of place. I think that kind of versatility makes him an all right addition. And for the Jets, you know, they need warm bodies. Why? Because they've had to move some guys out. And when you do that, of course, you know, the Jets already have a number of injuries. They've had players who have had COVID throughout the season. Adam Lowry is still out for at least a couple more days um, with a positive COVID test. So immediately the Jets needed some help up front. And if you bring back Appleton, he's familiar. He can be a good PKer. This move, I think, is fine. It, it gets like a, I wouldn't say a shrug because it's decently positive. It's just not maybe like the, the biggest move you would expect. But in terms of the Jets adding a depth piece, I, I really don't mind it. Um, and one other guy that they actually brought in that did kind of catch me off guard, and I'm not sure I'm 100% on, you know, on board with it. Um, they also brought in Zach Sanford from the Ottawa Senators, and Sanford cost the Jets a 2022 fifth rounder. I mean, Zach is what he is at the stage of his career, which is like a more defensively oriented fourth liner. I don't see the same upside with him as Appleton has. And, you know, Zach is a big kid, right? He's that big, physical, grindy, hitty kind of forward, and I think the Jets... They have a type, you know, we all know that they sort of love these, again, like I said, grindy, physical, um, very, you know, hard for checking players, guys who fight for the badge, who work hard, yada, yada, yada. Is this uh, a needle moving kind of trade? No. Um, and the same for the Appleton deal. You're just looking to like fortify your bottom six. And I kind of get the sense that this was Winnipeg's main ambition. 
We'll actually talk about why this might be and what the main departure of Andrew Kopp means for the team in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out tonight's title sponsors at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain of auto parts stores to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Toyota like the best or newest model? Do you even know what's inside your car? Well, instead of waiting for somebody behind the counter to order the parts that they don't even have in stock, simply go home and check out rockauto.com. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can even you know, go on mobile and do it, which is pretty darn cool. You can save time and money. And best of all, you might even save anywhere from 30, 50, and even 100% off the regular cost of the price, uh, regular cost of the parts you'd be looking at. Because retail stores, let's be honest, they're super expensive. And everyone right now probably has a little bit of inflation from the, the craziness that's going on with the, the logistics and supply stuff. You know, as, as good as the pricing is, though, rockauto.com really is a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. If you really want one name that you can trust in the auto parts industry, rockauto.com is one of the most respected and family-friendly names. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them locked on sent you. Folks, welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, obviously, you know, we've been talking about the NHL trade deadline today, and it's been a pretty crazy sequence of events for Winnipeg. Um, quite a few moving parts for the Jets, and I think the Jets have had, you know, some wins, maybe some minor losses. One of the bigger trades that I think uh, is going to take a little bit of time to process, and maybe I want to see a bit more from, is the departure of Andrew Kopp to the New York Rangers. Now, we all expected Kopp to be traded. It did have to happen, and I think Winnipeg, generally speaking, did pretty okay. So what did they get in return? Well, in exchange for Cop and a 2023 sixth-round pick, the Jets got Morgan Barron, who is a center prospect. He's like 6'4 and huge. Um, a 2022 second-round pick, which could be a 2022 first-round pick if New York advances to their Eastern Conference Finals, a 2022 second-round pick, like a second additional one, and then a 2023 fifth-round pick. Uh, I believe only one of these is supposed to be conditional, but I, I've kind of heard some differing opinions on this. Um, I think the one of the 2022 picks actually becomes a 2023 pick if, again, the Rangers do advance to the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, if you look it up, it, it's a little bit mysterious. Spot Track doesn't actually have it listed for some reason, uh, and I've only seen it on tweets. So maybe there was a change to the terms. I'm not really sure. Bottom line is, bare minimum, the Jets got two seconds, and they upgraded one of their sixth-round picks to a fifth-round pick. I actually like this. I think this is good. You know, for what the Jets were looking for and for the trade deadline prices, yeah, I really can't be upset. I think Winnipeg did all right here. Um, Morgan Barron might be somebody who could potentially play like an Adam Lowry fourth-line role. I don't know if he's going to be super offensively prolific. Uh, the general consensus seems to be that he was, when he was a young prospect, very raw. And the Rangers have tried to put him on track to like cultivate his skill sets, his physical tool sets, and turn him into a reliable pro. I think he had something like 16 points in 25 games with Hartford. Maybe it was more or less. Something along those lines, um, which is actually not bad production, right? Uh, I think he's around 21 years of age, uh, a pretty young center. And for the Jets, you know, 
they're they're getting a big physical player that they seemingly like. Again, they do have a type, like I've said. Uh, sometimes size is not always an asset, but if you can use it well and you can use it to your advantage, again, I really have no qualms about it. Uh, having that size and strength advantage is always a good thing if, again, you can use it correctly. And it sounds like you know Morgan Barron might be more in line with that. He's not going to be like the most elite playmaker, but you know, Cop wasn't either. And considering Andrew was looking for like five by five or something like that, he evidently declined a five by four deal. So, you know, already looking for a pretty big raise. I don't mind this move. I think it makes a lot of sense. Taken as a whole, though, the Jets trade deadline was kind of weird. You saw departures, you saw acquisitions, and my general sense was the Jets when asked if they're sellers or buyers, said yes. They just didn't really pick one or the other, which for me, um, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, if you want to make the postseason with this team as it is, fine. Call up the kids, see what you can do, let them gain experience. But if you start adding players like Sanford, uh, Appleton, um, and, and making some of these moves, to what end does it really accomplish? None of these guys are really high-end scorers. The same core issues with the Jets do remain, and I don't really feel that making the postseason is going to enhance Winnipeg's draft stock. Now, thankfully, because of all the picks that they got, that might not matter. But in terms of like the overall scope of the season and where the Jets go from here, honestly, I don't know. I, I, I've been not super high on the Jets recently. You know, you've heard me talk about this before. Winnipeg is kind of in a bit of a hockey purgatory of being decent, but not good enough. And I think that that is still the case after all of their moves. They didn't really get much better, but they also didn't get worse. So I don't know. The Jets, they they made some moves. I mean, they kept Paul Stastny, which I want to say I'm upset by, but I don't really know if I even care. Uh, you know, Paul has been... Uh, a pretty productive member of this team. They consider him a self-rental. Apparently, Shovel Dayoff said he was off the table. Um, and if the rumors I've, I've heard are true about, you know, ownership really wanting to be, to make this a playoff run, then I understand why they would keep him. Uh, would he have gotten like a second round pick at the, you know, the trade deadline? Probably, yes. Um, Brendan Dillon probably could have gotten a very big return based on some of the deals that we saw earlier in the weekend. Lazon for like a, what, a second round pick? Dylan surely could have gotten two seconds at that rate. I mean, he's got some contract control. He's a much better player. And, you know, the Jets maybe could have recruited the costs that they invested in him. But I get the sense that Jets aren't really willing to throw in the towel yet. And maybe it didn't sit well with the locker room if they did. So all in all, I mean, you do have to remember the human side of things. I, I guess I can't quibble too, too much with all of the moves uh, or the lack of moves in certain respects. But if I give this trade deadline a grade, it's probably like a B minus to a B. I, I think the Jets did okay. They they did what they had to, which was getting rid of Andrew Kopp um, and getting a major return for him. But beyond that, you know, mm, a little bit mixed on some of the acquisitions. Appleton, fine, cool. I like Mason. I don't mind him coming back for cheap. Sanford, I guess he's a fifth round pick. It's whatever. The Jets really love trading these uh, late round picks for some reason these days, but you know, does anything really improve? Not until the summer. And I think that is where the biggest questions start. Mark Shifley is apparently somebody who is a, uh, according to Twitter um, and the rumors that we've been hearing, somebody the Jets have to make a decision about. So maybe the most turbulent times are ahead for Winnipeg and not in the present.
As far as the trade deadline that you know is concerned, though, that's basically all the Jets really did. Um, they did have one small trade of Marcus Phillips for Nelson Ogier, which was more of a minor league money deal, I guess. So you can't really imagine this being anything more than that. Um, but yeah, you know, the Jets, for as active as they were, they didn't really change all that much on the the scale of things. So B to B minus, I think, is pretty fair. I think the Jets just did okay, and that's kind of the extent of it. I would love to know your thoughts, though. So be sure to tell me at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter what you thought about the trade deadline. Did you agree with the moves? Did you not really care for them? Uh, Tell me and and be sure to be detailed. Maybe I'll talk about it on a future episode and get your thoughts on what has been a bit of an up and down, uh, you know, season for the Jets. Throughout the rest of the week, I'll also try and do some more analysis on some of the other trades because obviously the Jets weren't the only team that was active. I highly encourage you to check out many of our other affiliate Locked On NHL podcasts. Um, but again, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Be sure to check out one of our other great podcasts because, you know, you've, you've made us your first listen of the day. But it's also time for you to make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy hockey league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.